Need a break from the horrifying reality of real life? Well, do we have a sexy deal for you. Go to adamandeve.com and use our special code HORROR for 50% off almost any item and free shipping. That's H-O-R-R-O-R at checkout for 50% off and free shipping. Order now and get ready to... And then I smashed it with a hammer! Hello, fam. Hi, everyone. Welcome to I'm Horrified. I'm Horrified, episode 95? Episode 96, I think. Ooh. One of us will be right. One of us will be right, and one of us will be wrong. And tweet at us who's an idiot. No, I think it's 96, so it's me. I'm the idiot. <laughs> tweet at Allie. No, you can don't still do that. tweet that I'm an I'm idiot. I get so mad at you guys if you say anything mean to Allie. I gotta be honest. But you're fine for them to call you an idiot. Yes. No. <laughs> I'm not fine with it. All right, guys. Can everyone just be nice to us? <laughs> we changed our minds. Don't cyberbully us. No, no one's... No one's done that. We got one hate tweet. Once. Once. And we were so excited. Yeah. Because we were like, we're making it. Because the hate, like, when the haters come knocking, that means that fame is right behind it. It really validated us. Fame was late that day. Yeah. Um, and subsequently. And it has, <laughs> has been, late been late. Ever since. But, I mean, we'll take the haters if it means viral fame. Amen. So... But just ha- don't give us any reviews. Just hate us at Twitter. But don't make it personal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It'll hurt my feelings. It does. It hurts. If there's anything that you would have learned about the two of us, it's that we're very thin-skinned individuals. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyone can say anything to me and it'll hurt my feelings. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pretty much. That's true. I agree. <laughs> um. So, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. So, yeah. Anyways. We're two sensitive women and we host a podcast. Um, really, uh, really unique, I know. Too sensitive so, is right. Too sensitive, too furious. <laughs> too, oh, you should tell the people about how excited you are about the new, uh, Fast 9. Oh, yes. Up. Uh, I love the Fast and Furious movies more she than anything. Loves it. I won't apologize. I'm not sorry about it. You don't need to. And, um, there's a new one coming out, and I'm very excited for the directions it's taking the franchise. John Cena is in it as, uh, our main character's brother. Don's brother. John Cena. Um, and he's supposed to be bad, but as we all know, in the Fast and Furious franchise, every character is only bad for one movie, and then they immediately become friend. So, or family. Or fr- family. <laughs> friend, foe, or family. Amen. Um, when we, I, I technically hosted, but Allie and Becky also hosted our Friendsgiving this year, but it, I, the Facebook event was called, I don't have Friendsgiving, I got families giving. Yep. Because I love the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, tweet at me uh, if you're excited for this, and also um, your theories about what's going to happen. Yeah, because Sam's got to. hers. I certainly do. And maybe we'll get her to share some of them. Maybe we can cajole her to share some of her Fast 9. The next time we do an I'm Thrilled, um, yeah. I would I would absolutely talk about the Fast series. We haven't decided yet what we're doing for our uh, 100th episode. We still haven't decided. Should we do another I'm Thrilled? We could do that. That's I an idea. I don't know what we should do. My other idea, which I told you drunkenly at a club the other day, mm-hmm. was that we should just read all the lyrics to um, We Didn't Start the Fire and comment on every single thing, if it was bad or not. <laughs> Whether or not it's horrifying. Whether or not it's horrifying. Honestly, that feels like less work. <laughs> it's it, it does. So... Um, we give ourselves a break for a hundred episodes. Maybe we should we we should come up with like one more idea and maybe we can put it up to a yeah. vote. And I can talk about Billy Joel's violent alcoholism. Yeah, as like a sort of a little cap, a capper. Too. I just lost all my Long Island listeners, you guys. <laughs> he's no saint. They just threw their phones into the ocean. They love the piano man. <laughs> they sing they really us do. a song. They really do love him. 
Um, <laughs> maybe we should put up a poll or something. We'll come up with like one more idea. Yeah, we'll try to we'll try to figure it out. We have done no work on it. No, we certainly haven't, and we're in episode ninety six, so you know, it's crunch yeah, time. Yeah, you want to know the work we've been doing? Ninety six episodes of a podcast. <laughs> yeah, we can't take off a few weeks just to make an episode. Jesus, you guys. <sighs> Sam, what are you going to talk about today? Um, today I'm going to talk about uh something bad. Pickup artists. I didn't think that was real. It is. It is. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I assume that you're right. It depends on your definition of real. Are you saying it's techniques that work? Because then in that case, it's not real. Mm. But are they people who believe their techniques work? That's true. Because in that case, it's real and you can pay them. Well, you know, never say die. I mean, I always thought that career coaches were not real. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not real. Like, that's just a therapist that you pay more than a therapist and you can't put it through your insurance. Mm-hmm. But I started working with a career coach and she's great. There you go. So... Maybe you should start working with a pickup artist. You shouldn't. Honestly, Um, yeah. (laughs) What are you going to talk about this week, Al? I'm going to talk about Phyllis Schlafly. I have no idea who that is, and I cannot wait to learn. Sounds like a cough or a curse word. Schlafly. It does. It sounds like a funny made-up name for, like, a librarian. Sounds about right. That's about right, yeah. Yeah. Can't believe Mrs. Schlafly gave me a detention. Yeah. Just for making out in the library. That's absolutely something that Phyllis Schlafly would do. <laughs> wow. So. Well, I cannot wait to hear more Pretty about brand her. for her. Yeah, no, but tell me about this thing that you haven't yet convinced me is real. Absolutely. So, yeah, today I'm going to talk about a topic that has really been kind of out of the news for a while. Um, was it in the news at some point? It was. It was. Um, I'm remembering it personally because of what else? A podcast. So I was listening to one a few weeks ago called To Live and Die in LA, which is like a true crime podcast that I, I really enjoyed. And it was hosted by a man named Neil Strauss. And so I finished the podcast and I thought like, oh, let me Google Neil Strauss because maybe he's done another podcast mm-hmm. series that I would enjoy. Um, and what I what did I find? But he's actually the author of a very successful 2005 book called The Game, Penetrating the Secret Society of Pickup Artists. Oh, now, what a great I, stocking stuffer book. That I know. Ali, I don't know if you remember when this book came out. Because we were kind of on the young side for, like, reading it. No, I don't remember it at all. So I totally remember when it came out. It was, like, a huge cultural moment pickup artistry had. Seriously? Because of this book. I thought it was because of the movie Hitch. No. Are you going to talk about Hitch at all? I'm not going to talk about Hitch. That's the only thing that I... We (laughs) can. That's the only thing that I am thinking about. But, like... the only cultural touchstone I have for this. They only made Hitch because of the game. You know? Like, that's the thing that got it in people's minds. Yeah, I don't remember it at all. I don't remember this cultural moment. But yeah, so this this thing, Pickup Artistry, has, has like become a lot more books. It was a reality TV show. And so today we're going to talk about what is Pickup Artistry, what is the game, and why is it bad? That's what I always do, right? Just tell you why something's bad. So, we do do that. To give you a quick synopsis of Neil Strauss's book, The Game, which I have not read, but I honestly <laughs> might listen to on Audible because, I don't know, I'm intrigued. So Strauss kind of stumbles upon this community while he's working on an article. He's a journalist. And he starts kind of participating in their online discussion groups just because he's intrigued, like, a bunch of guys getting together to, like, learn the tips of how to pick up chicks. Like, what is this community? Yeah, what's happening here? It kind of sounds like that um, date when David Ferrier was doing, like, a jokey investigative article and then he found the tickling fetish yes. community and... Oh, we got to talk about that at some point. <laughs> That's a great documentary. Tickled, guys. Uh, highly recommend. Highly recommend. Um, but so he kind of starts going on these online discussion groups because he's interested in the community and he's also frustrated with his own romantic life. So he's like, hey, uh, maybe I'll learn something from this weird internet community. Who yeah, knows? 
So he becomes more and more involved and he attends a boot camp conducted by a man identified only as mystery. <gasps> and so the boot camp oh. consists of... <laughs> you like that? I love that. Oh yeah, mystery. It reminds me of um, a Spongebob episode where he finds a seahorse and names it mystery. Yes, it's just mystery. like that. <laughs> it's just like that. Um, so the boot camp is mostly just teaching Strauss and these other participants about approaching women and then Mystery and his counterpart, Sin, with two N's. No, what? Give them corrective advice about their behaviors, their body language, what to say. Strauss learns all these habits that he kind of sees like are basic, like when you think about it, but he just didn't know what to do. And so then Strauss gets really deep in the community and the book narrates like how he becomes a pickup artist. He gets his own pseudonym, which is Style. <gasps> um, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you can't just say this like, like, what is this? Like, why do they all have... Why can't they go by their name? Like they're sexy, Al. I don't... <sighs> they're gonna pound you into the ground. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather be pounded into the ground by a man named Style than by a man named Neil? I mean, <laughs> be that as it may. <laughs> Tag yourself, I'm Sin. <laughs> oh my god, I'm absolutely mystery, but I am yeah. <laughs> the seahorse that Spongebob adopts. That's mystery, yeah. I'm not the pickup artist. So he befriends a lot of this community, especially mystery, and... It, then the book kind of details all of these pickup artist strategies, which was the thing that got people excited about the book, is that, like, you could learn these strategies by reading this book. Let's take a second to say um, that pretty much the entire pickup artist community is heterosexual men who want to pick up women. Um, that sounds like it. Yeah, I haven't seen, like, any shades of queer sexuality within this community. It doesn't seem like it comes up. Queer people don't pull this shit. Yeah. <laughs> They just speak to each other. Um, but so the game is kind of all about getting the upper hand in these conversations with women. And then Strauss kind of like brags about all the women he's had sex with. Like pages and pages are just like the names of the women he's picked up with his game. There's a part of it that he like says he typed like while he was having sex. And it says like, I think she's coming. And then like, it's kind of like a keyboard smash. And then it says like, good for her, um, which is gross. Yeah. I feel like I hate Strauss. I know. I know. Does he get better? He does. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Spoiler, he does. Um, and then it kind of, like, he gets in with a lot of um, <laughs> people in this community, and here are some of their names. Tag yourself. So it's uh, Neil Strauss, who goes by style. Mystery. Playboy. Mm. Papa. Nope, don't like that one. Tyler Durden. <laughs> what? As in Brad Pitt's character from Fight Club. <laughs> One of the guys just calls himself that. Herbal. <laughs> no. Like herbal like the tea? I guess so. And then, of course, sin. Um, and there's, like, rivalries and, like, there's this whole thing. So it's it's really this, like, deep dive into this kind of weird community. And the book is a huge hit. People are super interested in, like, their seduction techniques. And this sets the stage for the man himself to take the floor. Allie, when I think of pickup artists, I think of mystery. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was extensively st profiled in Strauss's book, and then he later got, and this is how I know him, an MTV reality show called The Pickup Artist, where he teaches men how to pick up women, and every week, like, one of the guys is eliminated, and then there's, like, a winner at the end of it. That had two seasons, and I watched them. <laughs> well, you would. You of would. Of course I did. Yeah. 
Um, it's right up your alley. And so he's very famous for, he was, he kind of had this look of like guy liner and these colorful scarves and these big fuzzy hats. I'm, I'm imagining him exactly the same as Chris Angel. I'm picturing Chris you Angel You know what? It's mind. not far off. I'm Googling him right now. Just so you can see what he looks like. That's him in a normal outfit. This yeah, is if what you he told me like. that's Chris Angel, there I would is. say probably. That's mystery. And so he, he wow. dresses pretty flamboyantly and he calls this, this is part of the mystery technique. It's called peacocking. And the idea is that you're getting <laughs> attention from women, be it positive or negative, like they have to ask you about your fuzzy hat. So it's all part of the game, you know? Okay. Um, this just feels like our episode on incels, isn't it's, it? It's very connected very to connected. incels, which I'm going to kind of get into. And so, at least in two terms of seducing the world and the media, pickup artistry works. Um, and mystery is all over the place with his, like, techniques, and they're becoming really big. What are these techniques? Let's mm-hmm. talk about a few. Well, yeah, I'm assuming most of our listenership is straight men <laughs> trying to pick up women. Well, I'm about to change your life. Um, uh, the first thing to kind of say about this is that, um, they have, like, this really advanced vocabulary, like, everything's got a, like, phrase for it. So, like, when you're going to approach a woman, it's not called, like, approaching a woman, it's called, like, a set. So it's, like, on a set, you'll do, you'll have an opener, and then you'll do this, and then you'll do that. And you don't call it, like, the girl you're interested in, you say target. Ew. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. Just keep that in mind that that's the the lens through which they're viewing this whole world. Like an antelope they're trying to shoot. Exactly like that. With their dick, I guess. Um, Mm. So first is the opener. Um, Much of online pickup artist forums are dedicated to sharing like tried and tested opening lines. They think that that's like a really important thing. All right. Let's see how many of these I've shot off at a various- At a man. At Uh. various- social gatherings so the first one is called the humor opener and it's something like is that alcohol for shame drinking isn't allowed here which you'd say at like a bar which would be funny because like of course drinking is allowed here Um, like hello milady sort of vibes um another one is called the stop and shock where you go excuse me i just have to tell you something um (laughs) and to like get them be like oh geez what's going on and then you say something's probably stupid like you look beautiful Um, no that'd be nice they wouldn't say that (laughs) Um, the next one is the opinion opener, which is something like, hey, can I get a female opinion on this? My buddy has this jealous ex-girlfriend who, X, Y, Z, and then you're kind of in a conversation with them before you can, like, decide to be in a conversation with them. They're like, oh, he's listening and paying attention because he knows that I'm a woman. Yes. The first thing I look for in a man. Um, here's the observational opener. It's something like, oh, wow, it's like sex in the city over at this table. Because it's all women sitting. Right. And yeah. you're, uh, you're inserting yourself <laughs> into the table. I count eight breasts. And then here's a great one. It's called the inadvertent opener. Two beers, please. Oh, you don't work here? So you're pretending. <laughs> so you can pretend they're a waitress. That you, they th- you think yeah. they're a waitress. And then, boom, go in for the kill. Um, the most well-known pickup artist tactic is negging. Because uh, it really <laughs> fucking sucks. Oh, of course. Um, so in a nutshell, negging is the practice of dropping like subtly veiled insults into a conversation in order to lower a girl's social value in relation to yours. So basically, like you just want her to feel like she is super below you. Mm-hmm. That like you kind of think she sucks. 
And that will make her more interested in you. Tried and true, yeah. Absolutely. And the difference between like negging and like playful teasing is negging is specifically about lowering another person's self-esteem. Whereas if you're just like playfully teasing someone, if you hurt your feeling, their feelings, you're doing it wrong. And you should feel, you feel bad. You go, oh my God, I didn't mean to be serious about that. Jokes shouldn't hurt people. Absolutely, I would agree. And I know that, you know, I'm a I'm part of like the lib cuck agenda. Uh, yeah. But I just feel like that's something. I'd love a pin that said like lib cuck agenda. Yeah. That I could just wear around. Um, but so here's a couple classic negs for you. Um, oh, do you still bite your nails? That's so cute. That's a neg. I would punch them straight in the dick if they I said know. that to me. Um, I like your boots so much, you're like the third girl I've seen wearing them tonight. That's a neg, because you're saying everyone's got those boots. They're super basic. Accomplice alt. Um, it's a verbal assault. Here's Wait, one that is wild. Um, oh, I wish you were a brunette. I'm taking a break from blondes for a while. <sighs> ew, and then the girl's ew. like, no, don't take a break from blondes, because I'm blonde. Um, let's see. Any the- of this would make, like, is just, like, the worst thing I've ever heard. I know. Did you find all of these on Reddit? This one was actually, so this part of it is from, like, a girl who was, like, how to spot a pickup artist <laughs> trying to pick you up. And she had, like, collected I trust her. She the did the dirty po- work. popular ones. Um, uh, wow, that's so clever. Did you make that up yourself? <sighs> and, like, again, so, like, that's the, the beauty of a neg. The, like, um, line that a neg has to walk is that it can't be, like, Wow, you're fucking stupid. Yeah. Because obviously... Or like, it's crazy that you're fat. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously, that's too far over. It has to almost sound nice, but it's just condescending enough that it makes the girl feel bad, the target, feel bad about themselves. Genius. That's nagging. We've got another one that I found uh, ingenious called the false time constraint. And so that is that uh, they think, and this is probably true women are going to be more receptive to talking to you if they don't think you're going to like plop yourself there and stay the whole night so if you go and you're like hey i have to get back to my friends but i just really quickly wanted to say to you xyz the woman is going to perceive that as like okay so even if this interaction sucks like he's going to go away very soon so i can interact with him for a minute that's true yeah which, like, I feel like this has been done to me by, like, um, Greenpeace people on the street. They're like, oh, can I just have one minute of your time? That's and I'm true. like, well, if it's a minute. Well, if you got a Greenpeace outfit, I'm much more <laughs> open to talking to you than a guy at a bar. I will say, though, it does kind of remind me of the nicest um, cat call I've ever received. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I was, I was walking down the street towards the train, and a guy walks by me, does not make eye contact, and says, I really like that dress, and keeps walking. <laughs> And it didn't, I just, I didn't register it, but he didn't try, he was not trying to make a conversation. No, he just I was walking one way, he was walking the other way. And it felt very pure. Yeah. (laughs) It felt very much like he saw it and was like, that's a great dress. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, I really like that dress. It was, hey, I really like that dress. He didn't stop. He said it as he was walking past me. Perfect. I was totally fine with that. Yeah. I was totally all right with it. There you go. This is different than that, but it's making it seem like that's what it's yeah, going to be. Yeah, it's it making like, it seem like he's just going to keep walking. But it's walking. like, if that happened, but then, like, you saw that guy again, and he was like, so. Yeah, it was like, the keep no, it moving fuck. buster attitude that he had, which made me fine with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very interesting. It's very, they really I think get, about I it. guess so, but none of this would actually work, right? Or no. does it? I mean, so, so here's the thing, right? 
They say like you have to practice these techniques and eventually they'll work. And that's true, but that's true of anything. Uh, well, you'll uh, eventually, if you if you get out there often often enough, you'll find somebody who wants to sleep with you, probably. Yes, exactly. So it's like, is this working, or are you just putting yourself out there a little more? Exactly. It's not clear. Something else pickup artists talk about is kino, which is short for kinesthetics, uh, and it's oh. light, non-sexual touching in order to subconsciously get your target primed for later physical contact. Don't do that. Don't touch anyone. So it's anyone. like if you're casually, you know, if you wipe something off of them or like casually no. touch them on the arm. No. In their brain, they're ready to be fucked, I guess. Yeah. Oh. And then finally, dealing with obstacles. Those obstacles, your friends who want to get you away from a skeevy guy. Like, so they have all these lines to practice if a girl's like, guys, like, we have to go. Let's, let's head out. Mm-hmm. And you're talking to her friend, to her friend who is your target. They recommend saying stuff like, Oh, man, is she always this demanding? How do you guys put up with her? Or um, um, does she have an off button? Like, just kind of gross. Kind of no fun at all. And so this is, I think, like, the thing, right? In this community, in this philosophy of being a pickup artist, like, it's not really about making a connection with someone. No, of course not. Like, it seems like it is tactics to get to an end goal, which is sex. And there's, like, you can either succeed or you fail, right? Mm-hmm. It's either. And, like, the, how much you like the person really doesn't come into play. And it has nothing to do with either you or, God forbid, the woman having a nice time. Yeah, exactly. It's and about it, it's about completing a task. Exactly. And it's, like, if every interaction you have with someone is so focused on that, you're probably missing a lot of other interactions where you could just, like, be having fun and talking to someone. Well, that's, I think, it brings us back to the conversation that we had during the incel episode of there's this misconception that sex is a commodity that is doled out by women rather than an activity that two human beings have. Exactly. Or more. Or more. Right? Um... And so if you're as many as you can fit in that minivan. As many as want to be in that minivan, get get them them all in there. Um, And so if your every move is so calculated, can you really be having fun? According to Neil Strauss, author of the game, the answer is no. (laughs) All right, finally Neil Strauss is making sense. So he came out with a second book in 2015 called The Truth, an uncomfortable book about relationships. Was he setting it up the whole time to to top it? Okay. He he just learned. He just learned. He just learned. All right. All right. All right. right. This is growth. Um, So in this book, Strauss talks about how he's had trouble leaving behind pickup artistry and how it's impacted his ability to form and maintain long-term relationships. Um, At this point, by the time he writes the book, he's gotten married and had a child, although I think they're divorced now. But so he has perspective on how pickup artistry wasn't actually helping him. It was just having him put his dick into more women, but not like helping him feel better or like have intimate relationships with people. Like it was just like... Physically, my dick has been in more women. Do I feel happy? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> Not particularly. Um, and so the truth begins with Strauss in a monogamous relationship, but he's actively, like, cheating on this girl. And so for the rest of the book, we follow Strauss through sex addiction rehab, intense therapy session, sexual exploration of about, like, every kind of non-monogamous relationship. So he's like, maybe I just really have to be in polyamory. And what he ultimately kind of realizes is, like, it's not the type of relationship, it's me. Like, Mm -hmm. I have to fix myself before I embark on any relationship. The fact that any man put that on print is great. Whether it is, and he says, he's like, I'm not bashed, because he ended up in a monogamous relationship, but he was like, I have friends who are in polyamorous relationships, and they are the most in love people I know, Mm -hmm. and it's working for them. 
But the point of this book is that when I tried that, I was trying that just to try everything. And it what wasn't I, actually what I wanted. What I needed yeah. to fix was me. Yeah. And so now I have worked on myself and I found happiness in a monogamous relationship. But like, I had to, it, it was about, it was my problems. It wasn't the world. <laughs> well, you can't do that if you're facing the whole world like like a land of pussy to be conquered yeah like the whole point of being in a relationship is being on the same team and I think that's also the biggest thing that you know not that I'm anyone to be giving advice about relationships but I'm very proud of the relationship that I have and I think the main thing that we always come back to that makes us a strong couple is that we're on the same team Mm -hmm. like if you're fighting which you should fight yeah but you're fighting for the same goals Mm -hmm. you know you're arguing towards the best solution for your common goals you're a team moving in the same direction towards the same things Mm -hmm. and you can't you can't set up a relationship in the way that you just described if it's like target acquired (laughs) yes yeah exactly conquer and i have zero zero faith that any of those things that you described would work. But yeah, right? And it's maybe like, they do. maybe part of it will work once, but maybe it's because you're, like, putting yourself out there and talking to a girl more than, like, the fact that you said, like, oh, can I get two beers? Oh, you're not a waitress? Wow, well, my name's Greg. Yeah. Like, maybe it's just that you went up and said your name was Greg. Probably the girl's like, oh, I totally see right through this guy, but I just got off my period and I gotta fuck something. Yeah, I'm, you know? I'm horny as hell and I can't stand it anymore. But so, Neil Strauss... Uh, game God has given up the game. Does that mean this <laughs> this whole gross community is over? No, they've actually only gotten grosser. Ew. And so there is a new generation of pickup artists led by a man who is known on the internet as Rouge V, um, who wrote a book called Bang, no. and then has written a lot of sequels like that are seem to be country specific. So like <laughs> Bang Ukraine, um, like oh <laughs> that kind of thing, which is all the same stuff. That's the other thing is like all these people are just plagiarizing off each other. Um, but he has actually since begun to distance himself from the title of a pickup artist, and his belief system is something he calls neo-masculinity. And neo-masculinity, as Roosh describes it, is a combination of, like, biology and traditional beliefs on masculinity and a rejection of Western degeneracy. And so he advocates for... What? For adherence to traditional heteronormative roles for men and women. He believes feminism has harmed women, men, and society in general. And he states that men and women are physically and mentally different. And that women's value comes from their fertility and their beauty. Right. Which we know, obviously, is absolutely accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And again, as I've mentioned on this podcast before, I'm gorgeous and very fertile. So I'm, yes. a, I'm an incredibly worthwhile woman. We are worth listening to because of our, you know, slim waists, yes. gargantuan breasts. Absolutely. It's it, it's hard to even move sometimes yeah. with our hip to hip to waist to breast ratio. My back is in a constant state of um, what doctors call broken. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we have to be just like pushed around. Yeah. If it weren't for this hockey stick, I had duct tape to my spine. <laughs> I wouldn't even be able to be standing here speaking to you today. No. But so I thought about this and like, wow, this is really the logical end conclusion to pick up artist beliefs, right? If you see women as targets and you mold yourself to learn all these tactics to get girls to sleep with you and then they don't, of course, you're going to start feeling a little ripped off because you bought all these books and you attended all these seminars. So why isn't it working? And I guess you could blame the people teaching you, like Mystery and Sin with Two Ends. Oh, Mystery would never. <laughs> and Rouge V. <laughs> but it worked for them, and they are nice, unlike all these bitches who are refusing you. 
So then you get to thinking like, it must be the women's fault. You're doing everything right. And feminism has just made these girls believe that they don't have to sleep with you, but they actually do. Like, and when will we learn? It's so, but like, I had not think about it, but it's such a clear line from like, okay, it's time for a set. So approach your target and use your opener. Like two, if your set and your opener didn't work, it's not your fault. It's the fact fault. that women are being desensitized to this and yeah. weaponized against their own sexuality. Exactly. And role in this world. Yeah, because, like, the way you describe mystery, mystery's probably kind of shitty, but he didn't seem like he was really hurting anyone. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, all right, whatever. And, I like, maybe it's about confidence and, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you're not doing anything yeah. terrible, I mean, do whatever you want, I guess. But it, it it's true that it's not benign yeah. because it leads to... I feel like the the phrase objectification of women has been used so much that it doesn't have a meaning anymore. Yeah, but this is what we're talking about. But that's what we're talking about. That's what that means. Exactly. Um, Just for fun, here are a couple of Rouge V's worst takes. Um, In May of 2014, he commented on the 2014 um, Isla Vista killings, which we talked about in our incel episode. That was when Elliot Rogers killed like six people um, after writing a manifesto, which attributed his actions to frustration over his inceldom. And so um, he said that his community, so the pickup artist community, quote, is the solution to this sort of murderer rampage and that exposing him to game may have saved lives. And he said, um, Rushvi said, until you give men like Roger a way to have sex, either by encouraging them to learn game, seek out a Thai wife or engage in legalized prostitution, it's inevitable for another massacre to occur. Ugh. That's the worst, most bonkers shit I've ever heard. That's the most- Last time I checked, Miss Havisham and Great Expectations wasn't getting banged on a regular basis either, and all she did was ruin one girl's life emotionally. (laughs) Like, I just- I just can't- I just can't with that. Mm -hmm. I just can't with it. I know. It's so- it's- I mean, it's horrifying. It's one of the worst takes I've ever heard. And it's so deeply upsetting. Yeah. And he said, um, if Roger came to me, he would have received actionable and effective advice. I don't think that's true. I don't think that that's true either. Um, and then here's his other worst uh, take is that he wrote a blog post in 2015 called How to Stop Rape. Um, and in it, and he later claimed this was satire, but I don't think it was. Um, he proposed legalizing rape on private property. Um, and he wrote, quote, if Ugh. rape becomes legal under my proposal, a girl will protect will protect her body in the same manner that she protects her purse and smartphone. If rape becomes legal, a girl will not enter an impaired state of mind where she can't resist being dragged off to a bedroom with a man who she is unsure of. Mm. She'll scream, yell, or kick at his attempt while bystanders are still around. If rape becomes legal, she will never be unchaperoned with a man she doesn't want to sleep with. After several months of advertising this law throughout the land, rape would be virtually eliminated on the first day it is applied. I want... To take this man and put him in a box. Yeah. And put that box in that, um, oh, it's at the end of one of the Indiana Jones movies when mm-hmm. they're taking, like, the thing from the temple. Oh, yes. And they, they put it in the and box. They put it and in the they box. put it in the warehouse. And then that's the guy walking down the warehouse uh-huh. hallway because there's so many boxes, like, mm-hmm. you'd never find them. Yeah. And then he'd just be in the box. Yeah. I want to take Rushvi um, and give him a potion to turn him into a bug. Ooh. And then I put him in a box. <laughs> I put that box okay. in a bigger box. <laughs> and then I smash it with a hammer. 
No, and then you mail that box to yourself. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Sorry. And then you smash it with a hammer. Um, um, yeah, it's just, and it's like, you can say that's satire, but he doesn't mean it. He's, what he's saying there is, of course, women are going to get raped and they have to be 100% responsible yeah. for not. Yeah, I think it's satire in that he's trying to satirize the fact that it's a woman's responsibility. But mm-hmm. that's the point. Yeah. He's, like, satirizing, like, how you would, but that's this is the, still the, true the point that, that his satire is trying to make is it's a woman's responsibility to not be raped. Yeah. Even, and, and that it's not, like, men are naturally rapists. Yeah. And so- Which is a big fuck you to men and all the yeah, men I know- men. Who are wonderful and caring. Yeah. Which is just, it's just so, it's such bullshit. Yeah, it really is. Um, and so Rouge V's fans are getting more and more radical. He started, stopped writing, like, pickup artistry books. He started writing political books because the ideologies are just, like, flowing together. Wow, that's surprising. In this world. And his Very followers surprising. are taking the red pill right along with him. Um, but something I just want to harken back to is it's easy to kind of try to separate the mysteries of the world like we were talking about. They seem like you're kind of shitty, but you're kind of teaching like confidence to maybe insecure men. So that's maybe fine from the Rouge V's who are like, you're garbage and you sh- will always be garbage. Yeah. Um, but I want to again qu- quote our original daddy, Neil Strauss. He said, quote, I used to be in the camp of there's good pickup artists and there's bad pickup artists. But now I am in the camp that any manipulation is not a good thing. And anytime you're trying to get esteem or validation from outside yourself is not a good thing. Preach it. And if Neil Strauss, who wrote the game. (laughs) And subsequently wrote the truth. Can get that woke. There is hope for anyone. Yeah, for sure. Anyone can figure themselves out if they go to therapy. Like Neil Strauss did. And I just want to say... If you are somebody who's thinking about being an incel and you're still listening to this podcast. Hi. I mean, there's there's a refrigerator drawer for every cucumber. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's something out there. Mm-hmm. Lid for every pot, you know? And don't murder anyone. No. Those would be my top two takeaways. Yeah. And it's okay to feel frustrated and lonely when your dating life isn't working out. Yeah, you know who feels that? Also, women. Yeah. Women feel that way sometimes. But you kind of just gotta try something new, keep at it. Yep. And and we'll underline one more. You can't you can't kill anyone. Don't kill anyone. You're not allowed and to. And don't necessarily get advice about what women will like from a bunch of other men. Don't get any advice about what women will like. Like yeah, it's it's so they're. That doesn't that doesn't make any sense, mm-hmm. and I think I'm so glad that we're getting past that kind of 2010 e vibe. I mean, 2010 and before vibes of like, what do women want? It's like, well, they're people. Yeah, so they're all kind of different. So they're all different, and you know, there's just all types of people, and and they and and again, if porn has taught me anything, I think I've said that a couple times. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest teacher in the world that everybody likes a little everything. Yeah. Something out there that will turn somebody's lights on, so to speak. Absolutely true. So. Keep that in mind. So just keep that in mind, everyone. But that's the Pickup Artist community. Oof. If anyone can find me copies of the two seasons of the Pickup Artist on MTV, please send them my way. I would would rewatch it. I would would watch it with you. I I think I probably (laughs) saw commercials for it, but I don't think I've ever watched an episode of it. Maybe I did. (laughs) I have a poor memory. Um, This is going to dovetail 
in an excellent way with my exciting um my little segment on Phil Phil. I cannot wait. Our girl. No, she's not our girl. No, we she's do not a, claim she's her. She's awful. <laughs> um, but I was watching the Oscars on Sunday, uh, mostly just weeping in between Parasite winning everything. Mm-hmm. I, it's sincerely one of the greatest films I've ever seen. I think we've already talked about it. But if you haven't seen this movie, I know it's so annoying having like all the white film bros in your Twitter feed being like, you have to go see this foreign Mm -hmm. film. That's usually very like pretentious and annoying, but I swear to God, it's worth it. Please go see it. All right. Um, But yes, between Oscar moments, I saw a commercial for the upcoming series on FX called Mrs. America in which a perfectly cast Rose Byrne is going to play Gloria Steinem. She looks just like her, just like the sunglasses over the hair and everything. Oh, cute. And the untouchably wonderful Kate Blanchett will be playing Phyllis Schlafly. Now, I knew a couple of things about Phyllis Schlafly. I knew, like, that she was a Republican lady mm-hmm. during Second Wave Feminism. I often confused her with Anita Bryant, mm-hmm. um, who was... The anti-gay personality who also sold orange juice. Oh, fine. So they're separate. <laughs> Which of them got a pie to the face? Anita Bryant. Okay. I, I hope Phyllis Schlafly got a pie to the face. <laughs> she deserved it. She covered it up. No, Anita Bryant. There's video of Anita Bryant getting yes. a pie to a face. I have seen that video. Righteous gay man yes. who I wish I could give a high five. Um, but I thought to myself, which terrible woman would I like to roast today? And I decided that I'm very excited about this new FX show. <laughs> and I love Kate Blanchett. So I'll shred Phyllis today and save Anita for tomorrow. So let's talk about Phyllis. Petty, ignorant Phyllis, whose legacy will forever, forever be dragged through the mud. Thank God. Because she sucks bad. Yeah. Um, she was born in St. Louis in 1924. There's nothing wrong with St. Louis. That's, no, that's fine. That's, it's not St. Louis's fault. And she grew up during the Great Depression. And interestingly enough, keep this in mind... Uh, during her childhood, her father faced a rather long period of unemployment, at which point her mother entered the workforce and was the one who saw to it that they all stayed afloat, kept their house, and kept Phyllis in her beloved Catholic private school. That's interesting. Yeah, working mama. A woman working outside the home. Um, eventually in 1944, her father patented a type of rotary engine, so I'm assuming that at that point her mom kicked it back to the wifely duties. Um, Phyllis was by all accounts very intelligent, started college early, finding work as a model in addition to her studies, and she was also a ballistics gunner and technician during World War II. Wow. (laughs) Which, that sounds like a job to me too, as well. Yeah, sounds cool. Um, she received not only a master's degree from Radcliffe, which was at that point the female school within Harvard, um, but also a JD from Washington University in St. Louis, which means she was, in fact, a lawyer. Wow. Um... So, in a way, this is kind of like the opposite of Legally Blonde. Yeah. Well, she was she was blonde, and she loved the Constitution, but she sucked. Yeah. Unlike Elle Woods, who is perfect. Yeah. And obviously a Democrat. Yeah. Um, Bruiser is gay. Exactly. Your dogs are gay. <laughs> Legally Blonde, too, is a triumph. Um, so, eventually, she marries a wealthy lawyer. They have six children. That's a lot of kids. Um, they both began getting more and more invested in conservative politics, particularly in supporting the Goldwater campaign in 1960. She wrote a book called A Choice, Not an Echo, which rose to prominence among conservatives as it reflected... It, w- it was mainly just to support Goldwater's political beliefs, mm-hmm. but it was about how she believed... It was basically a conspiracy theory about how Love it. the Eastern establishment 
in America was controlling the Republican Party like puppeteers, and they were deciding who the candidates were. Uh. And so Goldwater, with his, like, serious conservative values, would never be able to stand a chance. Um... Also, if you don't know who Barry... Do you know who Barry Goldwater is? I know he was a Republican candidate for president. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he was the nominee for president in uh, 1964. He lost to Lyndon B. Johnson, I think. I think so. 64, it would have been Johnson. 64 would have been Johnson. Yeah. He was mega conservative in all the icky ways. And wow, some, he... in some credit, his running as causing a resurgence in the American conservative movement, setting the stage for... Reagan, mm-hmm. lots of fun, fun <laughs> stuff that's not so great for human rights. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Protest is what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so- anyways, Phyllis had a boner for him. So did her husband. So she was writing books, organizing fundraisers, and she even ran for the office of president of the National Federation of Republican Women. Oh. And then in 1970, she ran for a seat in Illinois' House of Representatives and lost. Oh. This is really interesting. This was brought up by a Time article that I was reading. Let's think for a minute about who this sounds like. She's a Midwestern-born woman who put herself through law school, marries another lawyer, lawyer, is invested in politics, eager to move up in her own political ranks, um, was often accused of riding her husband's coattails. She was referred to as the first lady of the conservative movement. Ooh. Ringing any bells for you? One or two. One or two? Yeah. Thrills for the Hills? Yep, that's right. Nice. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. That's exactly Hillary Clinton's trajectory. Sounds a lot like I remember reading something that somebody said about how, you know, it's so ironic because she's awful Mm -hmm. (laughs) for women, but she's everything you'd want your daughter to be. Yeah. She's outspoken. I was going to say, I was like, she she participated in World War II. Yeah. She went to college. She got a law degree. Yeah. So in a lot of ways, she's so much like a feminist. Yeah. Um, you know, she's from this working class background. She values hard work. She knew what it was like for women to work outside the home and clearly enjoyed that work. And she had absolutely no problem seeking her mind. But there was, there was one thing that Phyllis could not stand. And that was feminists. Ugh. She hated feminists and gay people. Mm-hmm. But that's... There were two things Phyllis couldn't stand. Sort of goes without saying. But the thing she hated most of all was the ERA. Mm-hmm. Now... If it weren't for the ERA, Phyllis very well may never have had the opportunity to live on in infamy. We would not probably even be talking about her right now. But this particular situation, I mean, stoked the flames of Phyllis's hellfire rage at the feminists long enough for her to focus all of her political time and admittedly talent. She had a talent for this, for organizing, towards dismantling the feminist agenda. Now, the ERA. What was the ERA, you ask? What was the ERA, Um, Thank you for asking. You're welcome. I know my lines. <laughs> um, and I encourage you to look this up separately because I'm just going to give you a overview. But it was a promo- proposed amendment. Well, <laughs> it's interesting. Was, is, yeah. kind of still is. Still is proposed. On the table, but it really, it was a proposed amendment to the Constitution that would guarantee equal rights for American citizens regardless of, at the time it said sex, but really it means basically regardless of gender. It focused primarily on the issues of violence against women, rights in marriage, property, and employment. Um, there's an article from Maya Salam in the New York Times from last year that goes through all the history of it, kind of bringing us up to now. So I'm going to quote a little bit of it for context because I didn't know that much about the ERA. Mm-hmm. I knew what it was, but yeah. I didn't really think about it. Um, and she, like, asks different questions about the ERA, and it's like, why this? Why that? And she, one of the questions she asks is, doesn't the 14th Amendment make it unnecessary? 
And the answer is not exactly. The ERA was first proposed in 1923. I did not remember that. Yeah. But wasn't passed by Congress until 1972. It then needed to be ratified by 38 states by 1982, a mostly arbitrary deadline, to be added to the Constitution. But only 35 states ratified it in time. During the 1970s and 80s, Ruth Bader Ginsburg helped to persuade the Supreme Court to extend the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment to prohibit unequal treatment on the basis of sex, similar to what the ERA would have done. But supporters said that the clause doesn't go far enough, particularly when it comes to violence against women, sexual harassment, and equal pay. The amendment also has symbolic value. I would like to be able to take out my pocket constitution and say that equal citizenship stature of men and women is a fundamental tenet of our society, like free speech, Justice Ginsburg said in 2017. Wow. So RBJ did a lot, Mm -hmm. but the ERA was never passed. Yeah. So bringing it back to the 70s, mm-hmm. what was happening in the 70s, second wave feminism, specifically the National Organization for Women, or NOW, mm-hmm. um, was kind of pushing it forward with a lot of gusto and gaining a lot of momentum and was head up by um, activists like Betty Friedan and Gloria Steinem. Notably absent from the table of feminists, a lot of the time were feminists of color like Angela Davis, Bell Hooks, and that is not something we should forget, but I just want to bring that up because it's important. Yeah. So the ERA was gaining immense traction through the work of feminists everywhere and now and, you know, talk shows, magazines, printing feminist ideology and opinion pieces. So Phyllis Schlafly starts taking in the message put forward by the proposed ERA and she doesn't like it. She hates it. She herself is a working woman, but she likes being a wife and mother first and foremost. And she doesn't understand the need for the ERA when she's allowed to be free from the responsibility of you know, being responsible for her family's finances. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have to be, you know, drafted for a war. Remember, there's a draft afoot. Yes. (laughs) It's the 70s. She also said that women really have more rights and privileges, if you think about it, because, you know, they get things like alimony and child support, and they don't have to work if they don't want to. And, you know, she was pretty much totally ignoring the protections against violence discrimination, assault, as well as the ability for women to support themselves in any way without a husband. Mm -hmm. But she had a husband, so who cares? Yeah. You know? Who cares about the singlies? Nope, don't care about them. I don't care about them. If you're single, I hate you. (laughs) Um, That's Phyllis talking. Yeah, (laughs) She's speaking The voice of Phyllis. Um, So Phyllis, in classic Phyllis fashion, forms a campaign called Stop ERA. Now, that's just what I thought the name was, but apparently Stop is an acronym. Oh, fun. <laughs> For stop taking our privileges. Equal rights amendment. Yep. <laughs> Every villain is lemons. <laughs> um, they published propaganda. That's the second time we've talked about SpongeBob today. That's a classic. Uh, they published propaganda about how women would be conscripted to the military. They would be left poor by their husbands without any alimony. And how men would be left cowardly and spineless and castrated by an increasingly feminist world. Um, they also said that introducing women to the job force would weaken career prospects for their husbands and basically throw the entirety of America into hell. Oh, my God. It would ruin everything. Um, they would also, I found this uh, charming. They would bring homemade jams to their state legislator with the slogan, preserve us from a congressional jam, vote against the ERA sham. All right, I got to be honest, if I was... That's uh, fine. I mean, I would do fun. that, too. That's I would do that in a heartbeat. If I was a congressman and someone brought me jam and it said, preserve us. Yeah. And, and it had a pun on jam. You're like, what I'm do you want me to vote for? I don't care. I'll vote for it. Yeah. It's I fine. Would, um, I would kind of be like, this was fun. This was fun. 
Yeah. Now I've got this jam. But unfortunately, the jam worked. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is getting a little long, so I'm just going to wrap, I'm going to wrap it up and, and t- long story short, the momentum of the ERA movement halted and this like growing quote unquote pro-family movement, I think that feminist values are pro-family, um, you know, it just kind of tossed everything up in the air. Some states even rescinded their support for the amendment after wow. this started happening. Um, and as I said before, 38 states were needed in order to ratify the amendment, and they only got 35. Ugh. So even the difference between a few was who huge. were was huge. It's it, you know, most historians trace the loss of the ERA back to Phyllis Schlafly's movement. Wow, her specific choices. Um, so yeah, she stripped us of our rights. So she sucks because of that. Mm-hmm. But she was also just bad. Yeah. She also just sucked. Like, she sucked as a person. And the shittiest thing is that, like, if she had been on the side of feminism, she probably would have been so lit. Maybe. But most people said, this is the thing about her, is, like, I think Anita Bryant was kind of trying to channel, like, I'm just a sweet little girl and I don't understand why the perverts get to mm-hmm. teach in our schools. Whereas Phyllis Schlafly was, like, apparently a total cunt all uh. the time. And, like, was was referred to as, like, a very mean person. Like, oh, people said that she was just mean. Ugh. Like a, like a Nancy Reagan type. Oh, God. <laughs> uptight. Um, so, yeah, I'll just, I'm just gonna go through some of her thoughts. Yeah, let's just hear a few philosophisms. What, what are her thoughts? What's she thinking? What's she coming up with? What's um, up with you, girl? So, first and foremost, she rejoiced that the ERA, after it did not pass, was dead for now and forever in this country. And she called the supporters of the amendment con men and vicious people. Great. Um, she also said the best way to improve economic prospects for women is to improve job prospects for the men in their lives, even if that means increasing the so-called pay gap. You know, I should take part of my salary and give it to Chris. Because, yeah. Because that's what that's is how fair. Isn't that how money works? Where if you are making less, but he's making more... You're both making more? No, the way that money works is if it goes through um, a vagina, it decreases in value. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Because we get all that blood and feelings on it. Yep. She also said um, about marital rape that by getting married, the woman has consented to sex, and therefore you cannot actually call marital rape a thing. Ugh. Which is disgusting and horrific. Um, she also said that non-criminal sexual harassment on the job is not a problem for the virtuous woman, except in the rarest of cases. I hate that yeah. frame She's of mind. She's the worst. <laughs> we hate, we hate, it's hard because we hate so much today and we don't want to hate this much. No, but we do. But I think it's fine to hate this. I'm okay with it. Today we're allowing it. Today we're allowed, we can have a little hatred as a treat. <laughs> um... All right, she also says, when marriages are broken by false allegations of domestic violence, U.S. taxpayers fork up an estimated $20 billion a year to support the resulting single-parent welfare-dependent de- families. What about so when the when, marriages are broken up by... By a woman, or by a man hitting his wife? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that wouldn't happen. No, never. Um... This is my favorite. A writer from Rewire wrote, um, when I saw her address a conservative student organization at UC Berkeley a few years ago, she took pains to tell the audience that after feminists pressured the airlines to modify appearance guidelines for female flight attendants, they all looked fat. Great. I think that's funny. (laughs) She was like, do you know what the feminists did? (laughs) They took away- I'm not horny on planes anymore. The guidelines for female flight attendants, and now they're all pudgy when they give me my ginger ale. (laughs) How dare they? <laughs> Gloria Steinem took that away from me. 
That's just, I find that hysterical. How anyone could ever be horny on a plane, I want to understand. Yeah, like, and I was like, oh, the Mile High Club, like, is that an actual thing? And then it's like, I guess I think it's more, like, when people talk about car sex, I don't think that's fun for anyone. I think that's a necessity. Yeah. You know? You you only do it if you have no other options. Yeah. I drive a sedan. (laughs) There's no room back there. No. Um... And, okay, so she also said, find out if your girlfriend is a feminist before you get too far into it. Some of them are pretty. They don't all look like Bella Abzug, who must have been an ugly feminist. I guess to her, so. You know, thought. Um, I actually want to look. She's fine looking. Yeah, she's just a lady. She's wearing a cute polka dot dress. That's yeah. rude. She looks fine. Is she from the olden times? I like her hat. She looks like she's from the 1940s, maybe. No, maybe 70s. Um... She's a perfectly nice-looking lady. She's just a woman. She doesn't need to look nice. Yeah, also true. Yeah. Um, she was unsurprisingly a disgusting homophobe, um, even though her son, John, is openly gay. Oh, poor John. Um, oh, no, no, no. John, but she says it, that's fine because he doesn't believe in gay marriage. He's pro-family values. Ah. Uh, so that's tough for John so... and everyone. So he's just like, Mom, I'm going to fuck, but it will only be men, and I won't be married or, to them. Or maybe he's saying, like, I won't fuck, I'll just think about it. I'll constantly, just constantly think about I feel bad for John, but also John says things that aren't okay, so. Oh, John. Maybe he's changed his tune recently. I hope so, for John's sake. I hope sake. so. He was probably um, dealing with a lot of stuff. But yeah, I'm not even gonna repeat some of the things she said about queer and trans people, because it's, it's disgusting. Oh, she also said about women in the military. There's a reason why no woman has ever won our nation's highest awards for valor. The Medal of Honor recognizes a willingness to charge toward danger, to seek out and remove a threat while everyone else is running away. So no woman has ever responded to a threat. No. Not I mean, no woman in this room has. (laughs) No, but that's by choice. We haven't. (laughs) Um, Most people are braver than us. (laughs) Yeah. But a lot of our softness undermines feminism. That's fine. Yeah. And I don't think it undermines it even. I think we make... I think our extreme sensitivity and propensity for crying is what feminists fought for. It's the fifth wave. Fifth wave. Crying. Just weeping. Just crying all the time. (laughs) So, yeah, she also founded the Eagle Forum, which is still up to this day. You can go to the Eagle Forum. I think one of her awful sons runs it. And it's just like this shitty, like dial-up website with a monthly flyer talking about how Obama is Muslim and open borders will lead to a 21st century plague. Great. So, I mean, please go look at that for your own enjoyment or maybe find some screenshots. I don't want to give her the clicks. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, she sucks bad. Unfortunately, she was alive until 2016. But fortunately, she's currently in the fires of hell she so frequently spoke about. (laughs) So that's Phyllis Schlafly, a truly awful woman. Who did awful things. She didn't do anything good no, in her life. No. And again, she re- helped no one. A reminder to all of our friends vote. Let's vote this year. And with that, <laughs> midterms coming up. Let's vote this year, you guys. So this week, you're gonna vote. Yes. And remember to stay horrified. Stay horrified.